Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 154. It's an imaginary piano, not in 5.1. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, the wonderful John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, the, uh, I don't know. He's there. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. That's, uh, that show sub tag, what, what do we call it? The tagline was a little bit like you reading out a phone number. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Imaginary piano. And then it continued on. And then it continued on. Mm, not yes. in 5.1. Not in sound, 5.1. Nor in Dolby. No. Nor DTS. None of those. Definitely not THX. It is coming to you. I, I'm not finished yet. Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> It is coming to you in wonderful mono. Glorious mono. Glorious, you know, as the Beatles originally intended it. Glorious mono. Basically, the Beatles, they they looked far into the future and saw us recording this and said it should be in glorious mono. It should be in glorious mono. Actually, you you know why why we recorded it in mono, John? Why? It's it's so that uh, that guy from the Beach Boys can listen to it and not feel left out. Which one? Brian Wilson. Is he deaf, deaf in one, one ear? Always has been. Ah. That's why uh, Pet Sounds in um, mono. The drummer from Def Leppard really does. Oh, do you have one arm? Yeah. 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 Well, you didn't yeah. believe it. Well, I just thought the song was trying to sell it Are too you just hard to up me. Wikipedia, Wikipedia. No, 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 I, no. I looked it up the other night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a he had a drum kit. Lisa uh, Left Eye Lopez. Yeah. Had two eyes. <laughs> damn, damn you, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Well, now she's dead. Is she? Do you feel better now? Oh, I don't. That's bad. And one of the Saddle Club, she's dead as well. I was doing some Saddle Club research earlier today and was quite horrified to discover a woman I've never heard of until I read her name earlier was dead. And it was just kind of awful. It all became awful. Mel and or Kim. Yes, Mel and or Kim. Dead. Yes. Mm. Yes, from uh, The Cancer. Respectable. And in case you haven't guessed, this is a show all about television. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We've got uh, the excellent Adam Zwar. He of Wilfred HBA uh, ad fame, and uh, and also he's uh, appeared in episodes of uh, of Blue Healers and and recently Rush and uh, seems a to have a bit of, of a, a teacher vibe going on with Wedge and uh, Bogan Pride. Yeah, he uh, well, you know, he he it looks like he'd uh, do well in a tweed jacket with uh, leather pads on the elbows. But then who doesn't? Well, <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm sporting mine now. It's a look that works on everyone. So yes, Adam's going to uh, come in and tell us about his experiences in the world of television. We're also going to do a review of the new show, The X List. A little, uh, a, a little. Uh, I think I came up with a name for this segment. I think <laughs> I think I'm going to call it. Yeah. Before and after school. Oh. Yeah, see? You both know what I'm talking about now. We're going to yeah. do the Tomorrow People in Before and After School. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that fits. Yeah, yeah. No, that I'm, works I'm well. going with it. We've got some letters to box cutters. We've got some uh, pork if there's time. But as always, let's kick things off with the box cutters news. PBL Media, owner of the Nine Network, has insisted that it is not in need of an urgent 
cash injection after today's announcement that James Packer and uh, co-consolidated uh, media holdings... Jason um, Alexander. <laughs> uh, Executive Chairman John Alexander. P- Peter Alexander. All right, leaving the tennis, board. Tennis champion Peter Alexander. <laughs> they have, uh, with the media effect... Resigned from the board of uh, PBL. Oh, why? Well, it seems that uh, this is a, a large statement about CMH about rats and sinking ships. Sinking ships. Shinking ships. Shinking ships. Shinking ships. That should have been the tag at the start of the show. Consolidated Media Holdings won't uh, give any more cash to PBL to uh, keep them afloat in their uh, financial straits at the moment. But they're not in a financial crisis, though. They were telling us. Um, well, this is what uh, the the company Sands Packer and yes. Alexander are so they're saying. saying now. They don't need any money, but Packer left because he wouldn't give them any money. Yeah, which they All don't right. need, of course. Right. Don't try and give them any. That's... Don't walk in with five dollars and just try and hand it to the receptionist. She will not take it. This sounds a lot like a Doctor Who episode. The Cons Media Board has resolved that Cons Media does not intend to contribute any further funding to PBL Media. Which means what for Channel Nine? In the, like, what does that mean? Uh, for Channel it means 9? that uh, if they're going to get some more operational cash, then they've got to get it from CVC, right? Rather who, than who bought from- who bought PBL Media, uh, and uh, and and thus part owners of Channel Nine. And uh, okay, well that makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. So if they if they pony up some cash to bring to the party, then they actually get a greater share of PBL. So consolidated media. Uh, currently owns 25% of uh, PBL. And do we know well, what Packer's doing? Is it, are there other things he's going off to do instead or just... Sailing. Yeah. He's got sailing well, to do. Well, because he doesn't need to do anything, obviously, but I was just wondering if he had yeah, other other businessy plans he'd announced. Um, well, they still do the magazines and that sort of stuff, don't they? <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Uh, uh, and, and, the knowledgeable news of Boscus. And, <laughs> and obviously uh, he's, he's had uh, more of an interest in casinos than his father did and uh, has wanted to get His father was quite direction. interested in casinos, just not necessarily owning them. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, this is the first time in since the invention of television, maybe, that we haven't had a packer in charge of a network? Yeah, I think that's right. Well, that's apart w- from the Bond years. That's just weird, isn't it? That just feels wrong. Yeah. Without a packer telling me what to think, yes. I'm, I'm adrift. I, it's, I, I don't know where I've put my underwear. I know. Unless it's, the packer rings me up and tells me. And tells me. Yeah. It's in your drawer. That's what he'd say. <laughs> that was a great show. <laughs> your undies are in your drawer. Your I love that one. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. So, uh, so Channel 9, just in, in further trouble. Because and we already know CBC took out a, a huge loan and now... Uh, and now uh, a huge loan to buy the, to buy their, their interest share. in PBL, yeah. And now they're in trouble. So, uh, how are they going to... Get more money to put into to put into the network. It is uh, interesting and, uh, and and strange times for uh, for PBL and, and Channel Nine in particular, which is probably why their Melbourne weekend sports presenter mm. has uh, decided to also take a job with Westpac and is thinking about going into federal politics. Really? Yeah, has to uh, Grant Hackett now has to moonlight. For Westpac. Of course, with both of those, I'll probably give him a seat to sit in. 
Well, here's the... Th- okay, you, you know, I, I was thinking about the uh, the seat. Because the weekend uh, news presentation on the Nine Network is Sands. Oh, the standing desk. up news. Sands the standing seat. up news. I was, yeah. think- I was thinking about the uh, standing up news on uh, Channel 9 Melbourne weekend. And Joe Hall hosts Channel 9 Melbourne weekend news. Mm-hmm. And Joe Hall, not as young as she used to be. Did she look tired? Did you want to give her a seat? I think because well because she's standing up, they have to do a, a wider, wider shot, shot. Mm-hmm. which means not as much detail of her face. They're saving cash on talent by pulling back or makeup. Because something standing up news could actually create guilt in the viewer at home, couldn't it? Because it's like when you're on the tram and and you know someone gets on and you kind of think you probably should give your seat up, but if you look out the window long enough, you know they'll stop looking at you, and and maybe that's <laughs> or what, fall over or fall over, and maybe that's what the standing up news does. Maybe people at home going, oh, I should give my seat for oh, but I'm I'm comfy on the sofa. Oh, but I should give my seat for the standing up news. Oh, so I, I yes, Grant Hackett, all of three weeks into presenting the sport. On the weekends mm. uh, on Channel Nine Melbourne, is also going to be working for Westpac, or maybe only going to be working for Westpac. That hasn't been clear in any of the coverage that I've read in Dude. the Australian or the Herald Sun. So picking up some telework, I, I think so. <laughs> I think he's uh, he's he's going to be making change mm-hmm. for uh, for Westpac. I have no idea what what his, but clearly because he used to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and then swim for like 19 hours straight and then go back to bed and then wake up and swim. He's got all of that time at his, at his disposal. So he's going to try to do everything. So my suggestion is why don't we try to become Olympic swimmers? Is he still swimming? No. He's not. No, he's, he's not still swimming. No, that, that makes it easier because all we have to try to be is former Olympic swimmers. And that's actually uh, a lot easier than being is, an Olympic swimmer. The, yeah. Don Fraser does that. Yeah. So we just, her ear. I know. So we just need to be try, try to be former Olympic swimmers, and we'll be able to yeah. do all sorts of well, gigs. We, if we just get once into an event, what's, what's the like easiest swimming event at the Olympics? Uh, that would... Oh, it's got to be the diving. <laughs> yeah, if there was a bomb division in the diving. <laughs> yeah. We'd be the, uh, the Australian bombardiers. The yeah. We could do synchronised bombing. The Bomberoos. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. So, anyway, but where's, like, you don't just get a job three weeks, a job that people want, that people are lining up for. What? People want that job. People, people want that Too? job. Yeah. Huh. People want that job. And, uh, and, and then, what, he's, he's leaving or he's just not giving it its full attention or it's just a hobby to him? Is he a, a hobby sports presenter? It's, I, don't, I don't buy it, Grant Hackett, and uh, I'm not going to eat your Uncle Toby's twisty things either. Or your Westpac cereals. Or your Westpac cereals. Not eating your Uncle Toby's banking. None of your banking snacks. No. Well, well, talking about uh, female news presenters on the Nine Network. uh, Grant uh, Hackett is a man, can I point out? (laughs) No, no, but but as we were with uh, Joe Hall and uh, the the extra wide shot. uh, See, it's a bit of a paradox. With the wide shot, you get to see... Do you get to see her legs? Or is it kind of just to the hips? You, I'm just really. Get, I'm just watching it to see if James Talley is going to be on. You get a bit more of the overall kind of kind of body shape, which which uh, I I guess they've got to have at the Nine Network because their female news presenters have got to have fuckability. Yes, well, see, that was just Brett trying to get a swear word into the show. No, uh, no, 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 no. no. As, I know, I know. It's a quote. As, it's a quote, but it was so drawn out. Would be indicated was, at this point, given was, that Christine Spiteri has uh, come to a settlement with the Nine Network. 
a six-figure uh, secret settlement. As a six-figure secret settlement? <laughs> yes. So it's secret in as far as it's somewhere between $100,000 and $999,999. John Laxon, who's Pateri's solicitor, said that his client had received a six-figure sum plus costs. Plus costs, yeah. which could be somewhere in the vicinity of $8 million. Yes, he said he continued on with, uh, I think she's happy it's resolved and she's looking forward to the future. Having missed this story At entirely, SBS. what was this for? What did, what, what, what did happen to Oh, uh, well, there was the, the whole, it was Westcott, oh, wasn't it? John Westcott book. Saying, Read the book. <laughs> It was uh, John Westcott, the news director at uh, Channel 9, who was alleged to have said, uh, you should work for SBS. You certainly have the name for it. And uh, to make it in this industry... Because Spiteri's you- an Italian name, John. Yeah, that's, that's weird. An ethnic. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. An ethnic yeah. On, on a non... We've got an ethnic station. All the ethnics that's should what go they're there. For. Yeah. Yeah. And she also alleged he said, to make it in this industry, you've got to have fuckability. To make it in this game, women have to be fuckable. Classy Channel Nine, isn't it? Classy, classy. Uh, can you uh, can, can you bring some class back to us, John? Um, I, I've got a couple of, of very quick and, and slightly boring pieces of news, but um, right, so you can't. So I can't. No, but if you're like <laughs> me and you're a crazed Battlestar Galactica fan, set your computer to start taping on January sixteenth, two thousand and nine. I know my my computer's set to stun because <laughs> <laughs> they've um, yeah. They've, Finally announced, January 16th, 2009, is the beginning of the last 10 episodes of Battlestar Galactica forever. So, so hang on. We have to wait until 2009. This is because of the writer's strike. They no, had no, to no, abandon I've... halfway through. And... Yeah, but still, the writer's strike finished 10 months ago. I know. I'm not quite sure how this works. He said the swore line, this was the earliest they can get back on telly. It's like January. And you're thinking, weren't they written? Wouldn't, weren't you kind of already... But writing them like are the cast on other projects now or is there anything they, yeah, but they wouldn't have been surely I mean surely the rice track doesn't come along and you go you know what I'm signing up to do that Ecuadorian well, telenovela I've always wanted to be well you know Edward, Edward James Olmos is, uh, is no, busy doing stand, uh, not Stand By Me 2 well, it's Stand and Deliver 2 yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that would have been so much funny if I'd gotten the name right it would have been great you yeah know, Lucy Law's doing a one woman show <laughs> I didn't know what of. Just you know, she comes out and goes. Hi, I'm Lucy Law. Hey, I'm Lucy Law. <laughs> I would pay. I would pay to see that. She's great. Um, also, Dexter has been renewed. Season three is playing in America. It's doing so well. They've renewed it for two more seasons. So they've actually renewed it for seasons four and five. Mm. Victor Sifuentes is in uh, this current season of Dexter, playing a character named uh, Jimmy Smith, and uh, <laughs> you might also know him as uh, as Bobby Simone. It's excellent. He's excellent in, in, oh, in this series. Just Mr. President. Oh, oh Mr. President. Uh, but uh, excellent in this current series of, of Dexter. So when uh, Showcase ends up showing it uh, in Australia, uh, and if you have that channel Or when you just buy you, it for 40 bucks at JB Hi-Fi, because it is the cheapest box set you know, yeah. series ah. ever. So, so what, is, what does his character do? Is it another he's, detective? He's, no, his character is a district attorney. Uh, whose brother is murdered and uh, and he seeks revenge. Ah. It's uh, it's a really it's a really interesting plotline. It's it's, it's, it's really not the kind of show mm. you would have thought would go for five seasons. Is it? it doesn't have no, you know long running. I wouldn't have thought. I, I I really I really thought at the end of the second season. Well, that's over. Mm. But no, lots but, more uh, to enjoy. And you would have you would have thought that uh, Jimmy Spitz would know better than to get into another uh, family blood vendetta. It's kind of a storyline after Kane. Not. 
Apparently not. It's the new oil, Brett. It is. It's the new oil. Uh, Sydney are going to get a new free TV channel. Uh, this is uh, more than seven years uh, from, uh, what is it, The Australian. Uh, more than seven years after free-to-air digital television started, they're finally going to launch the National Indigenous Television Service. Now, I think I mentioned this several months ago, or I meant to mention it, but there weren't enough details. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the NITV. Uh, yes, NITV. Uh, it's going to uh, be the first open narrowcast when it launches uh, on Digital 44. And did I say that's going to be like the the Channel A kind of deal up there? Uh, yeah, well, I think that's uh, that's that's the way that works. And do you want to explain the whole Channel A, Channel B thing, Brett? Because uh, you're looking at the article. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, I I'm thought, just going from memory, right? Uh, yes, the uh, the the spectrum that was earmarked for uh, Channel A uh, is. Uh, Oh, it's just, you know what? It's just too confusing. There, there was a channel A and a channel B, and one had really good signal and and really good frequencies, and the other had not so great frequencies. And uh, one was called A, one was called B. No one really knows why uh, or what the differences were between the two of them, uh, but people got angry about it. <laughs> that's that's the most. Uh, well, 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 which know, people? A, like a, media a friend of mine or? emailed me once. She said, the funny thing about Boxcutter's news, she says, you all sound so you know, convincing and certain until any follow-up question gets asked, <laughs> and then the whole thing just falls to pieces. Well, this is a question I, I often... asked of Brett, and then he just <laughs> bounced it back to me in an I am rubber, you are glue scenario. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, whole, the, the whole point of this story that I was saying is that there's going to be an Indigenous television yes, channel. Uh, which is great. And That's it's a- it's going to be uh, Sydney only to start with. But uh, Sorry, it- was that the National Indigenous <laughs> Television <laughs> yes, Service? will be Sydney yes. only. It's the same thing, isn't it? National and Sydney? Isn't that how it works? You're not living in country? Sydney, you're camping out. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah I, you know what? I don't understand this whole thing. Uh, it's, it's, this is... Uh, Patricia Turner, who's the NITV chief executive, said... Uh, this is the biggest TV reception market in Australia, and it is the location with the largest Aboriginal po- population. About 60,000 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people live in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So I think what she's saying there is because most of them live in Sydney, we can get most of our coverage by just presenting to Sydney and therefore can still get away with calling it national. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm taking from that. Unless it's just a first step. Let's, let's, hope, let's hope it's a first step. Federal yeah, let's go with that. I hope it's a first step. Because you know what I've discovered? Is that there are Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people elsewhere in Australia. What, not in Sydney? Uh, yeah, in places other than Sydney. That's bizarre. I know. Uh, in other news, you know how, uh, Josh, you keep saying you wish that Henry Winkler and Ron Howard would get back together and recreate their characters oh, from Happy Days? You know how yes. you say that every was, single week? It was yes. so close in Arrested Development. Oh, it's so close. And, uh, Josh, every week going on about it, um, they have done that. They've, they've recreated their Happy Days characters for... Uh, it's an online video you can find um, uh, urging you to vote for Barack Obama. Remember, uh, don't vote for him if you're Australian. You're not allowed to. It's illegal. Um, LAUGHTER 
<laughs> you have to be American. You, no, you no, you can be Australian, have dual citizenship, if and be that, registered yeah, to vote. Yeah, or you can go in and just say you're someone else on the register and vote for them because that's quite popular as well, apparently in America. But anyway, Ron Howard <laughs> and Henry Winkler have um, Ron Howard's done this this. Uh, he recreates one of his other TV characters who off the top of my head I don't know who it is but um, o- Opie? Opie Opie from uh, from uh, the Andy Griffith show oh yes there you go And but the scene with Henry Winkler they've actually like they put a wig on him they've tried to make them look like they did at the time that's the really quite fascinating bit and they've tried to duplicate the, the, the colour of the, the sort of film stocks of the time and it's it's quite interesting in a slightly creepy way that's that's fine. I'm trying to find it on uh, on YouTube, and I've got nothing. No, um, we will we'll I, put I, a link. We'll put a link yeah, on the site. I think I've got it. It looks like uh, Richie Cunningham votes for Obama. I'm not sure that the audio equivalent of it's going to work. Uh, yeah, to, I, to yeah, that's uh, it's, it's all, more, all I'm hearing is crickets. <laughs> it's more a visual gag. We'll put it up on the Hi website. Guys, I'm Ron Howard. I want to take a break from directing for a minute and do something that I've never done before. No, no that's, that's not. No, that's not it. No, that's no that, not that, it. that is it. Actually, that, that's the beginning of it. Oh, but, is it? Uh, yeah. Ah, but because he goes through a whole change, he takes his shirt off as well. So if you want to see an aging Richie Cunningham get his shirt off, oh, it's well, a, it's from. If you, uh, if you look carefully on the Funny video podcast, die. you can see my screen. There is a video podcast. And, it's uh, from Funny or Die, which is the Will Ferrell. Oh my Ferrell. God, he's taking his top off. He is taking his top off. Yep. He's naked. The Will Ferrell. Thing. Anyway. Hey, who else has news? Yeah, someone, please. Uh, me, I've got news. Uh, the, uh, oh, look, Malcolm Fraser came out and said uh, that he was not happy with uh, the loss of the multi in the SBS culture. Uh, he, uh, he's, he's released a statement saying uh, that wow. uh, SBS is in danger of uh, losing its way with mainstream replacing multicultural. He endorsed the statement from Save Our SBS. He did. Oh, well, there uh, was the, yes. the Age did say, yes, that he's, he's, he felt it was going too mainstream. On the same day, he also, in The Age, was quoted as saying that we're not doing enough on global warming. And I think it was two days previously, he wrote a big piece about how um, Barack Obama is our hope for world peace. And I thought, remember when he was conservative? Remember we all thought he was like a scary conservative man? And now he's so rational because the rest of the world kind of flew past him, you know, re- re- further to the right. Remember when Malcolm Fraser was Prime Minister and didn't say a thing? <laughs> that was a funny year. And now he's saying everything. It's crazy. Anyway, so you know what? I've got, I've got no other great... Uh, uh, Degrassi, the next generation, won the, uh, uh, won the Geminis in, uh, in Canada. And, what are you doing? Uh, what? Are, are you going through the, the dregs of your news? I'm just, going through, I'm just saying this. Not, not much else happened as, as far as I'm concerned. Did you have anything uh, else, Brad? Oh, well, big news mm. in Australian TV uh, talk show circuits. Uh, Andrew Denton has announced that the current season of Enough Rope will be his last. Why has he decided that? It seems such a good gig. I don't know why you'd give it up. Um, he's decided to finish in his own time and on his own terms. And uh, to quote him, I've made no secret of the fact that I really see my future behind the camera. Well, mm-hmm. and, and he's uh, he's been doing some great work uh, with Zapruder's other films. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's a I think that's a good move. I think... I have to say, as a as a viewer, I think Enough Rope has uh, has run its course. When when he started, he was saying the one person he really wanted to interview was Bill Clinton, uh, which he did a couple of years ago. Didn't which he? which he did, yeah. and I think after then he, he's kind of gone. Well, where do you go from here? I haven't been able to take him seriously since the Rachel Ward interview, where he discovered that he could make an interview subject 
cry in the middle of the interview and that it was fantastic TV ever since then. At the halfway point, he's gone in for the, the question that's going to make him tear up. I think so, that's harsh, Brett. I don't think it's as calculated. As, I'd oh, like to think it's so it is. As- like, you can, you can set your watch by it. Seriously, <laughs> it was very disappointing because uh, I, I have a lot of respect for Andrew Denton um, in his TV work, mm-hmm. both in front of and behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was a little bit disappointing that you could see you watch by. It. <laughs> and lastly, in the news, John, um, I have this beautiful, beautiful story, and I read it out to my boyfriend earlier, who then said, "I think that sounds like a load of crap." So I, I want to just mention before I read this out the concept of truthiness. You know the, um, the Stephen Colbert concept that mm-hmm. truthiness is, is truth not hindered by fact yes. or, or, or reality. <laughs> and it, um, it, it tends to be the sort of things that we instinctively believe because they sound true even though they're not. So this is from EW, uh, EW.com, EntertainmentWeekly.com. Uh, survivors- so yeah, Michael Oziello reporting there? Uh, I, I didn't bother copying that bit out. Um, Survivors Jeff Probst has created and will host a new reality program for CBS. EW.com has has learned exclusively. The show, Live Like You're Dying, will feature a person who's been given a terminal diagnosis with a finite amount of time to live and, quote, take them on the last adventure of their life, according to Probst. That adventure will include reunions with lost friends or formerly feuding family members, a, quote, legacy moment that will ensure their name carries on forever, and living out a personal dream. It could be playing guitar with Eric Clapton or jumping out of a plane into a volcano, Probst explained. Whatever it is that you're still desiring to do with your life, we want to make it happen. The focus on the show is not death, said Probst. The story we're going to tell is about living. That um, that, that actually sounds like it could be true. It, it could go either way. Mm, it yeah. could oh, it's, it's a reputable, reputable website. Definitely. It is only a pilot. They stress it's a pilot, um, which will be made in January after filming's wrapped on season 18 of Survivor, uh, and no air date's been set. But just even the title, Live Like You're Dying, like, it's so comedy gold. Like, it, it feels, yeah. you know, if you were going to create a stupid idea for a reality TV show, it's one in which Greg Probst lets a cancer survivor jump into a Jeff. volcano. Jeff. Oh, yeah. sorry, Jeff. Yeah, with Eric Clapton. It's, it's you know, every, everything here is. Oh, just, please, somebody do. <laughs> it's just nuts. You know, it's just and it's so horrible and calculated and just terrible. And well, no, 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 only if it gets to the point to their terminal point, and then it's calculated. But it will, and, and won't it? It'll be you know, then Marjorie passed away, and you know, at least we take it out of Disneyland or whatever they're going to do. I mean, but it just, yeah, you just know it's going to be so saccharine and schmaltzy and horrible and. I, I'd love to see uh, see a show where they have someone, you know, someone oh, in that in that situation channel. challenges. So, someone in <laughs> in that situation, and they have their life, and their life dream is like you know going to Disneyland. I want to go to Disneyland, and they do the thing that's that's like that, but not that enough to actually, you know, how, so uh, say uh, when you were growing up and uh, and you really wanted uh, an, a, a magna doodle. And you ended up getting an etch a sketch. So, so it's a it's a show of disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take so, terminally really, ill people and disappoint them. I really want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> you just, oh well, you just you're going to Disney up, California Adventure. You finish up each week with ah, oh, I thought it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that is the box cutters news. <laughs> and we're joined in the box cutters studio, the sunny, beautiful box cutters studio. With the one and only, I'm, I'm going to say the one and only star of Wilfred, 
<laughs> Adam Zwar. Yeah, take that, Jason Gann. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. W- welcome, welcome to uh, to box cutters, Adam. It's the straight guy. I don't know. As, as I sometimes call myself, <laughs> comedically speaking. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Disclaimer. Asterisk. Uh, the. Uh, Wilfred, let's let's start with Wilfred because that's the uh, you know other than HBA ads, that's probably what people have seen you most on. Yeah. Uh, the uh, no, let's start with the HBA ads. No, let's go with Wilfred. <laughs> they they inform each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, the uh, Wilfred started as a short film mm. that you made for Tropfest. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, with a guy called Tony Rogers who directed the HBA ad. Right, and that's how I, I met him. And I said, "Would you like to, Jason and I have got this script. Would you like to, um, would you like to direct it?" Because I got on well with him that day of the HBA ad. He kind of had a similar tone, com- comedic tone to what I had, and um, yeah. So uh, we, yeah, we made it in two thousand and one. Um, I funded the first block, and um, and then he kind of funded post-production and, oh, and great. off we went off to, to uh, Tropfest. Was it, was it intended as a short film or was it a thinly veiled attempt to try and get a kind of backdoor pilot thing going well, that's on? that's interesting. Cause Which would be shameful for anyone to do that. Shameful. Shameful, shameful. <laughs> it's quite open-ended. No, it was a short film. I, I mean, I had this idea. I, I'd had a few failed attempts at getting into, into Tropfest and, um, and I just thought it looked like a really good event and... and so I was kind of aiming for that, and Wilfred, Wilfred was yeah, it was purely made to try and get in, get into Tropfest. And I had no idea about making a feature or a TV show. I just wanted to get in, into Tropfest. So it wasn't in the back of your head going, we could, no, we could get no. more out of these. Characters. I had no idea. Not not until about a year later did I think TV show. You know, we could make this, and you know, there's there's more to more to life than Tropfest. So so you you decided. Yeah, we'll make a TV show out of it rather than no one a- approached you and went, hey, no. I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> I've been waiting for that to happen all my life, you know. Because <laughs> uh, you've no got one's fine, discovered me. Your, fi- your jib is cut it fine. It is an excellent oh, jib. For, for those of you at home, um, if you go to the, the video log. Check the video, video podcast. Log, yeah, there um, is no video podcast. Which is boxcutters.net slash vlog. There is, it's not there. <laughs> what is a jib? Uh, it's, it's one uh, of your sales. It sounds nautical. Yeah. 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 It's it's uh, okay. it's yeah, short yeah. for uh, a giblet, which is a, a chicken's <laughs> stomach. Anyway, so Adam, no, no gib- one came around to, to cut your giblets. No That's one- what you're saying. <laughs> no. no one ever discovered me. I, I'd always heard this, these stories about people walking down streets and being plucked out, you know, of obscurity and, into, and and cast off into stardom, and that never happened to me. And fortunately, probably, um, in in the sense that you know, you, I've had to kind of make make things happen myself all the time. Uh, so no, I think it was. So we made Wilfred in two thousand and one. It was a trot fest in two thousand and two, by St Kilda Film Festival in two thousand and three. I don't know. I had an idea, and I went up to uh, Peter Bainhawk, who's one of the uh, producers at, at Renegade, and I said, "Wilfred should be a TV series." And he went, "Yeah, okay, you know, let's do it." And um, we started writing. So we wrote uh, a first the first episode, and put. All the money that we'd won in kind into um, into making that episode, which became the pilot, which we then shipped around to various networks. No one was interested. So you, you actually did that yourselves. Like yeah, the, the pilot was actually a yeah self financed. Oh, okay. 
and uh, then went around to the, the the networks, put it put it a DVD with a dog collar around it. That wasn't my idea; someone else's idea, and um, no one was interested. SBS no, not even of, with not even with a dog with collar. the dog collar. It's just that was going to make any difference. But Outrageous. anyway, just <laughs> spectacular idea. I didn't like it before, but there's a dog collar now. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I love free stuff, no matter what it is. That's it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was some sort of attempt. Um, it just ga- I guess I guess it was like designed to open get you to open the DVD cover, mm-hmm. and uh, no one was interested. Surprisingly enough, and um, and then we uh, we basically set about writing the eight episodes um, and took them to SBS and they said, oh, we didn't see a, a series in it, but now we do. And um, and so that, that was how was there Was made. there much influence from SBS? I mean, was it the kind of show where they, they wanted to talk to you about story arcs and things? Or did they go, it's the it's the show where the guy dresses a dog that's just... That's right. Do. Well, SBS now don't like... I mean, a, a series of... of um, of creative teams have got, come and gone from SBS saying they're so they'll, they'll let you do whatever you want. Um, they're not interventionist at all. But uh, and that was the case with us. Right. But now SBS don't like that. Um, they want to actually have more to do with the, with the project. And I think and the notes they've given us so far in the second series have been good. But no, the first series we were left alone for the scripts. Um, they came in in post-production. Debbie Lee from SBS came in in post-production, sat with us just in the final week of editing, and she was great and had a really even, even-handed even approach and, you know, was able to kind of adjudicate uh, the arguments between Jason and, and Tony, which was which was great. And, uh, and now she's gone off to the ABC. Because I, I get the feeling that uh, a network who uh, wants to have a lot of influence on the way a, a show's creator would would look at something like Wilfred and go, look, this is this is great, but what if we got a real dog and then put a voiceover on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, was there ever that fear when you were uh, shopping it around? Or do you have any stories of, of people who said, oh, we love it, but could it be about a cat? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, we had the short film as a template. Yep. and then the pilot further as 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 a further template, but there were conversations with networks, um, network network executives saying, "Who is Wilfred? Is he a man who's uh, who's Sarah's ex boyfriend, and now he's just dressing in a dog suit? Could it be that?" <laughs> and we're saying, "No, no, he's a dog." <laughs> It's just that my character's the only person who sees him as a man in a dog suit. You know, he's he's kind of a bit paranoid, and and this is his kind of you know explosive imagination. But so there were a few of those conversations. There were a few people suggesting to Jason that he should scratch behind his ears and do doggy, you know, do doggy things and everything. Which Jason, to his credit, you know, always had the integrity of of Wilfred in his mind and, and never went down those paths. Um, yeah. So, but. That's why I decided never to actually take the short film to the AFC or, or Film Vic or any mm-hmm. of those places because I didn't think I, nothing against them, but I never thought that they that anyone would be able to actually see the tone and our uh, vision for the piece off the page. Yeah, because it's just not credible. No, no. it's just not credible because <laughs> dogs don't smoke bongs. 
No, no. no joints. They smoke joints. Or drive front and loaders into, into Yeah, the they just don't, they <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do that. I don't, so I just don't get the show entirely. Like, why is he doing all of it? So, yeah. It's just like Stewie and Family Guy. Who can hear him? Yeah. Who's he talking to? I don't get yeah, yeah, yeah. Can the family hear him or not? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Stewie, Stewie and Family Guy is a completely different story. But <laughs> no, but, I mean that's that's the great thing about Wilfred. And I, I remember when I first saw the the short at the comedy festival, short film festival, uh, out on Johnson Street. Yeah, right. Uh, that that first time, yeah. and uh, and went, oh, it's it's fantastic because it's. Like it, it just works yeah. so well and makes so much sense in and of itself, but just also seemed like the sort of thing that people in suits would not get. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I, well, I, yeah, thanks for that. But I, it, yeah, you're right. It was a, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think <laughs> people would get it really. You know, you have those dark, uh, you know, journeys of the soul where you think, no, this is, never going to work and I remember my dad who probably was 72 when he first saw the short film and he just looked at me and he, he's a very conservative guy and uh, he said son this is either going to be a massive hit or it's just going to die the death <laughs> and, and I just I thought at the time I mean it was so simply put but and so correct well, yeah, he, he really he really put his finger because it, right. it is. It is I, know, that, I know he's done the best. He's only you know, put in both cans, but <laughs> but it is. But it is. It is div- divisive like that, mm. and, uh, and and that's. I mean, that's that's something that makes uh, for a great story is something that people can come down on either side of and get angry about. That's exactly that's right. That's the that's the nature of, of of good comedy. I think. I mean, that's what I always. I, for instance, um, if you read the New York Times web- website looking at, at the reviews of Burn After Reading, I mean, it's either five stars, you know, just for the people who, who are, you know, who are kind of responding to the critics, uh, to the critique. They obviously give it five stars if they give it one star, you know. And uh, I personally loved it. People will, will quite proudly come up to me and say they hate Wilfred. And that's, you know, and good on them. But that's how, it, I'm not offended at all. I was going to say, how do you feel? Though, no, if, no, if, I'm not offended because I've, I just totally, I, 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 I how, how can I put this? I'm, I'm kind of mumbling. Um, I'm not precious about Wilfred. Okay. Um, because, maybe because of some of the things we, we've talked about, because it's so divisive. Um, I, and that's, and I'm happy with that. That's not to say I'm not a precious person, you know, or a sensitive person. I so can be which, very sensitive which of things. your work would you be upset if I said I hate it? Like, what, yeah. what, what stuff do you feel like? I mean, are you, would you feel more sensitive about, you know, um, rats the and cats or, or yes, the wedge? <laughs> which, or, you or know maybe, what? Not or, sensitive about the wedge at all. Your, your appearance maybe, is Arnie Violet and Blue Heels. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that, or that. the, or the, the uh, cop killing escapee in, uh, in Rush. Or oh, what? You didn't like that? No, yeah, no, no, no I didn't. But, but seriously, is, is there, like is there some of your work you would feel a bit funny about people? There was one guy, I used to write a column for the uh, Sunday Herald Sun. It was called the Wise Guy Column. And I felt it was a, a quite an outpouring of my heart in a very uh, in a very honest sense. Well, you know, in the sense I wasn't hiding behind any a character or anything. And uh, I once read this blog with this guy tore at the shreds and I was I was genuinely hurt by that that's the last thing I can actually remember 
being hurt by um, theatrical theatre performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know a few of those. I, I remember copying a few bad reviews from and 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 being hurt. But I think I, I think I'm. I'll say this and I'll get hurt by something tomorrow. But at the moment, I'm, I'm I, th- I think I'm old enough and ugly enough to actually take it on the chin and just say it's your opinion. Uh, interesting. Well, let, let, let's test that. Oh no, you say <laughs> <saying, laughs> interesting thing. Just then... a sec, because there was a guy who who's I won't mention his name who was in who's in the industry. He's a comedy writer. And he wrote a, a review for a newspaper recently about rats and cats, and which was, you know, it was a little bit negative, but I was a little bit hurt by that because I felt you're in the industry, yet you're critiquing, you're critiquing other people who are in the mm-hmm. industry. You know, I'm not. Don't you think that's critiquing? A, and, and this is sorry, this is the one to one side yeah, of, yeah. of you, Adam. So you know, we're not going to talk about you for one second. Deal with it. No, no, but I, I just, I just feel the Australian industry—it's very, it's so small. Yeah, yeah. That, that there is that kind of weird thing where I think sometimes we're not honest with mm. each other. I think sometimes within the industry, everyone's a bit lovely because we, we had a meeting at ABC in which myself and one of the producers on this show had mentioned really disliking a, a recent Australian comedy, and that was that led to quite a contentious kind of. Oh no, no, we can't talk about. Anything yeah. like that, and I kind of wondered if I'm so ready between so many lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering if, if you feel. Yeah, you can't either. be honest. You cannot be honest. It's it's too smaller industry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, and um, people will stick up for their mates in a in a, in a major way mm-hmm. in this industry. You you can say something about someone's show, and and yeah, it, they'll, they'll they won't look at it objectively. They'll because their mates are in it and. You know, they'll stick up for it. I think that's that's one thing that happens. But yeah, um, when you're in a bad play, I used to find this even even when I was in a bad play, and I knew it was bad. Every you know, every part of me knew it was bad. But I, I for some reason, I was friends with everyone in the cast, mm-hmm. and we're having such a good time that I think, well, maybe, you know what, well, maybe this is all right. It's not so bad. See, I've I've, I've been in the uh, the the. Uh an enviable position of having to do a review of a play that a friend was in. Oh, yes. Uh, and it just so happened, and, and this is a- actually the way it was, my friend was the only uh, actor who actually pulled his weight in the cast. <laughs> uh, and everyone else was just, you know, phoning it in a little bit. But also the play itself was not very good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, had, I gave it a not very good review, but said, oh, this guy's great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, you're but, such a suck. But, then, but yeah, you suck. had to be honest. Yeah, you had to be and, honest. Well, that, uh, that's the thing, you know. For, for me, it it comes down to uh, being honest, but also not bagging something just for the sake of bagging it. No, uh, which I think happens a lot in in Australia, uh, where people will just bag something because they're jealous or because. Such and such got funding for that, and I never got funding for my mm. idea, and uh, so therefore I'm going to write a bad review about it. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know that that happens so much here mm. uh, that I think it's it's sometimes a, a, a wonderful breath of fresh air to hear criticism that is just truly honest and and coming for the from the heart, and that's yeah. why people listen to box cutters. <laughs> yeah, box cutters. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know where you go with yeah, that. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I agree. What else? <laughs> What I was going to say, Adam, is, 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 you know, testing out your theory. I thought with Wilfred that uh, what worked really, really well in a short film was too much to take in, in an ongoing series. Because <laughs> yeah, right. it, is, it is a very right, dark yeah. 
it is a very dark concept yeah. and it's a very uh, uh and it's a very heavy concept as well this guy who is so paranoid that he hallucinates a human style dog mm. uh who uh is is just so uh protective and he, he builds up this relationship with him which is uh, you know kind of uh like a stockholm syndrome <laughs> scenario yeah yeah it's a lot to take yeah. half an hour week after week yeah. after week uh, <laughs> no i agree um this is probably the darkest thing i'll ever be involved with you know, um, I don't see. I don't see. I think it's the right time to do it, and, and then I'll move on. Um, uh, what you're talking about is probably why we haven't sold it to a hundred territories. You know, it's it's uh, it is what it, it is what it is, and it and it's yeah, it's drawing on on a particular relationship between Jason and I in many ways, and um, and our personalities. Tony's personality. Uh, it's a it's a strange mix of individuals coming up with a yeah very it, dark show. It is remarkably dark, isn't it, for the show mm. about the guy dressed as a dog? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the, even the weirder uh, kind of. I tell you what, if we did it, if it was too light, maybe I mean perhaps it is a little bit dark, and I think the second series is, is a bit lighter. But if it was a, a bit lighter, if it was a little bit too light, then I think it'd be twee. Mm-hmm. Well, the, yeah. this is the thing with with what your dad said. Is mm. uh, you know he's so spot on because if you did do that, if you did you know make it in a way that you think well everyone everyone's going to like it, it would end up being Bob Morrison. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bob Morrison. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that should be the box cutter's motto. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> so with series two, are you approaching it differently? What? How do you? How yeah. do you go in, especially after a bit of a break? How do you approach it? now well it was interesting because we were never going to do a second series Jason and I kind of it was always going to be one series and and then we I mean it rated okay but it was um the DVD sales that got SBS excited and, and, and made them want to make another series so um how do we approach it I think we wrote Wilfred in 2004 Neither Jason nor I had, had written a TV series before. Um, since then, we, we've both written a whole lot of stuff, and I reckon we're better writers. Uh, the ideas, there's still a darkness to it, but there's also, um, I think there's more fun this time. There's definitely more action. Oh. I mean, there's a, I mean, I'll give you some little things. There's, there's dog... There's dog fighting, you know, like an organised dog fighting. Uh, there's um, there's a cat. Uh, <laughs> there, you know. At last you can sell it to Channel 7. <laughs> <laughs> David Leckie will love the cat. Um, yeah, it's a very... And there's a little bit kind of, you know, there's a bit of a bit more heartwarming stuff in it, that, you know. The mums might like. And is that because you're you're deliberately putting it there, or just because you, as people, feel you've changed, and that's what you want to? I don't about? think it, there's anything deliberate about Wilfred. I think it's just, that's just how it's turned out. You know, it was just I don't know whether we're in that different space. It's it's going to move quicker. It's definitely going to move quicker this time because the, the the scripts are so much more dense. When you were talking about uh, not not being able to sell it to to other territories, <laughs> which. You know, is is what the Australian television industry is is really uh, rooted in. Like, yeah, the, yeah, we just try to sell outside as much as possible because that's where we get all our money. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
and I, I mean that that must be hard for you know producing a show and and not having that. But it seems to me like it's the sort of show that uh, internationally would get a cult following on DVD. Mm. It's, it's that it's that sort of thing. Have the DVDs been released in in other countries? I uh, it's. It's only the independent film net, uh, film channel in a, in uh, New York's got it at the moment, and they're running it as webisodes. Oh, great! Um, ICM, which is you know, it's up there like with William Morris as an agency. They've just taken Wilfred on and, and are trying to um, sell it the format rights at the moment. It's, but it's difficult in like for instance, Muslim countries will not touch anything with a dog in it. Why? What's the because what's that's the dog? a dog's dirty animal. Okay. And uh, yeah, so just forget about that. We've been told to forget about you know, selling it to any of those countries. Um, England, I'm surprised didn't didn't buy. It. They, the, the feedback there was it was a little bit dark. But we've changed um, sales agents, so we're going to have another, another yeah, crack, sure, and, yeah. and it's going to be a second episode. There was a I met um, the screenwriter. Of, well, is it Wonder Boys that? Uh, Winterbottom, Mark Winterbottom film is it? Curtis w- Hansen was Wonder Boys. Wo- oh, Wonderland! I can't remember. Wonderland, Wonderland, Wonderland yeah. Um, the, the French screenwriter of that, and she was in town uh, last year. And uh, do you know? Do you, if you guys know James Hewson, who used to be at AFI yeah, yeah. Festival, well, he speaks fluent French, and he was talking to her, and he was telling her about Wilfred, and, and she said, you know, she loved the idea, and um, and she liked, uh, and she liked films and TV. Uh, where people wore dog suits, and um, <laughs> and uh, that, that it's a genre. Niche. It's <laughs> and she said, she said to James, who was kind of interpreting at the time, "Would you mind if I showed my close friends Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon?" <laughs> so I found out where she, where she was staying and she had it. She had yeah, a DVD. Yeah. So, you know, if anyone was doing the format rights, I'd love it for those guys. How, how would you feel, it. though? Because the format rights, it's, it feels like this is a very uh, personal show. Yeah. yeah. It feels like it's a very intimate show. And, like, so if there was the, the American version, you know, suddenly with, with Dennis Hopper, you know, playing your part. I, mean, that, <laughs> I would watch that in a second. <laughs> I know. So Dennis Hopper playing both parts. It's that good. <laughs> but, um,. It'd be really odd, though, wouldn't it? I mean, how, would you would you feel okay giving up I your you, baby for? Yeah, look. Um, in the first instance, I'd be excited, mm-hmm. uh, and probably probably seeing it would be a little bit disturbing. Yeah, um, first instance, like I'm. A, I mean, I might make stuff for SBS, but essentially, I'd like to, you know, be some be a little bit commercial. I'd like to make some money in my <laughs> yeah. life. You know, uh, so that's that would be the, the the thing that would excite me. So, uh, Wilfred, when's it shooting? I think March, April next year. Okay, yeah, which will be good. So it's, it's shooting March, April. It's going to appear shooting March, April. Probably shooting March, April. Probably towards, appear the, end towards the, the end. Yeah, yeah. Of, so we've got to wait until two thousand and nine. Nah, yeah, yeah, two thousand and nine. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> speaking of commercials, we, we had Scott Brennan in the other day and we were talking about voiceovers. And, yeah. and I, since then, Scott is trying to sell me everything in every <laughs> ad break. And I've had enough. Scott Brennan, I'm not buying these things. Stop trying to sell them to me. <laughs> okay, are you able to... So you are, you're able to kind of... N- Identify voices. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah especially, okay. especially Scott's. But I mean, as as it has said that you are the voice of Australia Post. And uh, yeah, yeah. And having you here, it's quite. Yeah, it's I did a voice with I did a voiceover with Sam Johnson the other day, and he just kind of was waiting for me at the door, and we'd hardly ever met before, and he just went, "I was wondering when this, I was wondering when this day would come." <laughs> <laughs> Hungry Jacks. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, look, it it keeps me alive. The voiceovers. Um, I, I do remember this. I, it was before I got in, in involved in it, but there was a, a famous MEAA meeting where all the voiceover artists got together to, and I want to make a short film about this. Uh, all the voiceover artists got together and um, to to complain about the wages they were getting. And so there was Pete Smith, uh, Gavin Wood, uh, John Stanton, Sam Johnson, I'm guessing. Uh, Angus? Uh, you know, uh, Deeksy, yeah, yeah. no doubt. That's brilliant. You might, you might have a point there, Angus. <laughs> <laughs> you know. These wages are that's inappropriate. It, that's, that's right. <laughs> anyway. That's brilliant. But I was asking, Scott was talking about how he, he did it. Because um, I was talking about the character. Yeah, when you, when you do a voiceover. Like, mm. what, what voice are they hiring you for? <laughs> like, who do you think? And Scott was saying how he did a lot of kind of, um, what was a lot of uni student stuff yes. originally. Kind of, hey, it's in the age. You know, sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Excited. Yeah, and now he's become kind of this voice of, of middle Australia. Do, do you know when they hire you? Do you kind of know what kind of, of voice? That, yeah. Well, now they're hiring me for the Australia Post guy. They always want him. But it's generally, <laughs> in, in advertising parlance, parlance a voice that's a little bit different. Um, not so polished. Well, not, you know, not, <laughs> that's how they actually sound. Not so polished. They've got the rising inflection. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's generally, generally me. You know, you don't hire me for Mr. Smooth, apparently. Although I do have... Pre- I do have kind of pretensions of being Mr. Can, Smooth. Can you uh, give us your Mr. Smooth? Well, Mr. S- oh. <laughs> uh, I've, I've ne- what can I do? Australia Post is my Mr. Smooth. Right. See, because I always see Australia Tuesday. Post, dude, he's a, bit, he's a bit more like a stoner, I always think. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, in a good way. Well, that's my Mr. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't come naturally. Stone- that's <laughs> why your mail's going missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like, Tuesday, where do we put the mail? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He is a little bit like that. I mean, it's a great voice, but it was, I always think it's an interesting choice for that, that campaign because it's such an unusually not formal, yeah. not corporate voice to go for. <laughs> well, it was a, the guy who, who wrote the ads was a Queenslander and I'm a Queenslander. And the, th- the funny thing, there's, there's a lot of Queenslanders that get work down here in voiceovers because they have the voice of what Australia used to be 10 years ago. So it's, it's old-style Australia. Whereas most Melbourne guys are a little bit more cosmopolitan. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> are you Queensland? No, 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 no. <laughs> Melbourne born and bred. So yeah, there's a few of us who are a little bit rougher. Mm-hmm. Don't hit the consonants as as hard as uh, our southern counterparts. Mm. Right. <laughs> okay, so you don't hit the consonants. No, I had to. The consonants. I did a thing for tadastals, and I was apparently saying tadastals, and I was saying tadastals. Quick pick, quick pick, Adam, and I'm being <laughs> quick pick. <laughs> <laughs> and because and but the opposite is true with mitre ten. You're allowed to say mitre ten. You have to say mitre ten. Oh, oh really? Like M I D A. Yeah. They actually coach you to, to... Yeah, yeah, no, not not Mitre 10. It's the Bogan pronunciation. That's it, yeah. We prefer to call it regional. regional. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, well, thank you so much for uh, for My coming into to Box Cars. We look forward to the uh, second series, the uh, somewhat lighter series yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of Wilfred in 2009. And the DVDs are on sale now. At Madman, yeah. Um, through Madman, sorry. And, uh, and anything else you want to plug? 
while, while you're uh, while you're here. What, what, rat, rats and cats. Rats, rats and, cats and cats just out. Yeah, that's at it. Madman too. Uh, One stop shop. Um, I'm writing the AFI awards with Mr. Stephen Curry this year, so that's something to look forward to. Oh, fantastic! The last two years I wrote for Jeffrey Rush, so it's a really different experience. Well, he's, he's shorter. That's not a show. It's, it's shorter. <laughs> he's shorter, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's um, yeah more Australian. Too. Softer consonants. Yeah, yeah so- <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna lose all those jokes about shine because they're just not gonna work no, anymore. No, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of uh, jokes about takeaway. Yeah. Or me and my stupid... Is it you and your stupid <laughs> You and your stupid mate. That people him? love that film. <laughs> <laughs> was it even in that? Who remembers? No, who remembers? No, I think it was Takeaway. I think it was Takeaway or something else. In the meantime, Thanks listeners guys. can hear you 8.15 on Friday mornings talking about television on yes. Triple R Breakfast. Yes, yes, so, exactly. Thank you very much, Adam Zwa. Thank you. Hello, this is Frank Thring, Gossip from Heaven. On the box cutters. I bumped into Ray Charles the other day. Well, he bumped into me because his dog's not dead yet. The X list. <laughs> I've never listened to the end of that one before. That's very oh, really? funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. The X list is uh, a show as part of the, uh, the full season in the US. And it is the story of... A woman who has broken up with a long-term boyfriend. They owned a dog together, and uh, and they were very close. And still share custody. Still, still share custody of, of the dog. The night of her sister's hen's night, mm-hmm. uh, they go to a psychic and get readings. And the psychic, well, a fortune teller, a fort- I think more than yeah, a psychic, for- fortune be, teller, maybe more specific. Yeah, uh, and and the fortune tell her, t- teller tells her. That uh, if she does not get married within a year, she will stay single forever, and the person that she is going to marry is an ex of hers. And the thing is, she's been around a bit. So she has many exes, which is an ongoing joke. Yeah, about how many about how many exes she has. It's funny because on IMDb there were there were quite a few sort of especially young American women, and I suspect possibly teenage from from the age. Very, very upset, going, oh, so she's a slut. It's a show about a slut. And they're going, 13 people if you're in your mid-30s. Yeah, she's yeah, not, she's, she's 32. Know. I mean, that's the thing. She is yeah. 32. Mm. And it's hardly outrageous a number. Yeah. Right? Well, you know what that is. That's the, the Christian right. Right. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just funny to see the Americans get kind of... I, I actually found it really refreshing that that it did seem to be about real people who had had a realistic number of ex-partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple of other instances that, like, it, it doesn't hold back, and it's not it's not um, overly clean. Yes, that that is true. So the the show is is about her, uh, and she's supported by a, a group of friends. She she lives in a, a one unit out of a, a set of units uh, where uh, she's friends with all of her neighbours, and they all uh, you know. Sunbake on the lawn and or, or go to the I beach together. Say, is it a share house? I got a bit confused. No, no. She, she has her own unit. Next okay. door is. And, uh, and next door... But her friend, like, her blonde friend doesn't actually share the flat with her? No. No, no okay. she lives like next door or two doors up or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and they, But they all go to the beach together. And uh, the more I was watching this show, the more I realised that all that's really happened is someone's watched singles... A few too many times, the Cameron Crowe film, mm-hmm. and With Matt Dillon, yes, and have taken 
all of the character types from singles. <laughs> Remove the grunge. Yeah, and yeah. and put them in in this scenario. I I, I have to say I had a, bit, a strange weird reaction the, with this show because I couldn't decide. I actually couldn't decide whether I liked it or not. I kept going back and forth between. And it's weird how the big problem I was having was the premise, and I feel really bad because because I think it's it's unfair to to have problems with the premise of a show. Like if they say this is what the show is about, you should just go with it, right? Mm. But the whole it's thing it's about giant three D letters. Yeah, you go with the giant three D letters. <laughs> um, but the whole thing about the fortune teller, it was just really odd because, because we were saying this, the concept of the show, the going back to see your exes to work out what's wrong with your life, and the, that's a very, very common thing. And we've seen it a lot, especially recently, things like that. I think it's Broken Flowers was the film with Bill Murray, and mm. there was um, uh, a documentary, My His- History of My Sexual Failures, was at this year's Myth, and is, is coming out soon. Kevin Bacon's character in uh, in, in Flatliners. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of it. there's a lot of it around, but it's usually because the person has has some golf in their life and wants to reevaluate their life. This shows the weird thing of going. She doesn't seem to quite have that. There's a hint of it, but a little bit. Of it. And then she goes to this fortune teller, but the fortune teller isn't like spooky, convincing in any way. The fortune teller's still no, kind of it's going. Very matter of fact, every day kind of. But also the the things she she does, which are meant to prove to you that the fortune teller's what she's saying is real are so kind of half-assed as well. I just had this problem of, of each episode going, but why are you doing this? I just don't believe why you're doing this. I don't believe why you're searching these people out because the fortune teller, I just... Because she'll be alone forever if she doesn't... But it, it's like going, you know, it it's like watching Chainlet at the TV series. Would you go, just throw the thing away. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, it, it just seemed to be that there was this weird kind of... But she really wants to find true love. Softy, softy, kind of you know, but that's it. it fuzziness it, to the idea that just didn't. It, it's it's not it's not a very well cemented idea, and mm-hmm. and this is what, why I bring up the singles thing, is because it it seems a little bit uh, cliche as far as the characters go, uh, but also the the singles thing just gets me because she looks so much like Kira Sedgwick okay. that uh, that it just seems too much of a coincidence. But I was I was very surprised when the guy next door with the shaved head wasn't gay. I was surprised. Is it the? I'm sure I remember because yeah, there was at least one character we assumed was the gay guy because yeah. yeah, there yeah. always is one, and then he wasn't. And yeah. that was it. Also, the guy who's the ex that she owns the dog with, I think he's meant to be attractive, and we found him freakishly weird. Like there was just something about his sunken face that every time he came on screen, we go, ah! <laughs> "Take the sunken face man away!" He frightens us. And I have a terrible series. I feel like that's where the series wants to to eventually get her. I'm guessing. Well, back to the, the man with the see, I, and I I have a different theory. I think. Uh, she's going to end up with uh, her best friend's partner. Okay, uh, that's the because they have they have that kind of relationship. Going I should on say there. so. I, I reckon it's going to jump the shark, and we'll never find out. Who yeah, well, the structure of the show is every week she meets up with one guy who she has dated in the past, and she tries to sort of reevaluate the the relationship and or see if he's, he's the one looking after the cat. Oh, well, yeah, looking after the cat, he hasn't, he hasn't uh, arrived yet. yet. Though, not cat guy. But anyway, but I think I think that this is the weird thing. So the premise I'm having trouble with the show, though. I think the idea in there is great. I actually really like that concept. Um, I think the woman playing the fortune teller is fantastic and by far the best thing in the show. Yeah, I, I, I love her. She reminds me a lot of the uh, of the counselor in Felicity who was uh, the character who would say all the things that the audience was thinking. <laughs> she just, she'd sit there in her office and smoke and just go, well, why don't you just dump him? Why don't you just dump him? And the audience <laughs> is going, yes, yes. And that's what, that's what the fortune teller's like here. She's, yeah. she's going, eh, none of this is real. Do what you want. And so it's so funny with this show kind of going, look, there's things, I love the relationships she has with the guys. The fact that guys and girls can be friends in this world and it doesn't have to be sexually tension, yeah, which is great to see that in a TV show. Mm. 
I found a lot. Of, I found a lot quite believable actually in the in the houses and their friendships and stuff. But then on the other hand, you're going, but I don't believe the crazy fortune teller part of it. And and everyone looks weird. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just everyone in this show looked strange. Eric Balfour turns up in episode one. He's meant to be attractive because in this world, <laughs> that's as close as you'll get. You know, it's Eric Balfour. <laughs> but, but at least, uh, you know, at, at least it's not uh, the horrible, exactly the same kind of uh, woman and man that we see on every other show. No, no, it isn't. And that, I mean, that is great. But it was just kind of this slightly kind of It's actually what made me think it. it was Canadian, and it's not. No, I had the same thing. I assumed it was shot in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and it's not, it, it is actually shot in, in San Diego. They're yeah. walking down streets that I, I went, ah, oh, they're in San Diego. And then they mention it a little, little bit later on. But uh, the, the, uh, the, the thing is, yeah, it, it just... It, it's just kind of not there. It's it's like absent television. You're yeah. watching it and it's happening, but you're always one step removed it, from it. it. It's based on an Israeli show called Myth- Mythological X, which was actually a sitcom. The episodes were half an hour long. And I do kind of wonder if half an hour was a great length. Because it feels a... Because basically you kind of know every episode she's going to meet the guy, they're going to look through the relationship. She's not going to end up with him because otherwise the show would end. You know, so you do kind of have this slight problem with filling, I think, 45 minutes. Well, and the first episode seemed like it was two or three webisodes put together. Yeah. And that, and I thought, well, that it'd work well for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting show. If you, if you get a chance to, to I, see it... I'll tell you one thing, and this is, this, is a, you know, this is a bad thing about me, but um, by episode two, I realised all the sunshine and colour was really doing my head in. Like, I've got, I've got so used to living in, in, in Melbourne in this world of black and rain that... Um, that, that somehow by episode two, because everything looks like a shed, everyone's house looks like a like a you know like a, a disposable kind of porter shed. Um, all the buildings look like sheds. They got pronounced porter's head. <laughs> they got a cafe that looks like a shed. She works in in a florist that, that's in a shed. Like it was just all these metal sheds one after the other. Doesn't have anyone have bricks? Are there are there no walls in San Diego? Is that no one's ever plastered? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they don't. No, no, no. They're they're too uh, they're they're too close to the border to worry about. They're still they're still worried about another war uh, coming up from the south. So so they just don't bother building anything really? just in case. It's like Darwin. Then, it's isn't it? it's <laughs> it's a lot like Darwin. No, they have buildings in. Uh, they have buildings. They have I, sheds in I Darwin. I don't understand why everything's in a shed. Because uh, San Diego is full of buildings. I've seen them. <laughs> right. So it doesn't have to take place in sheds. It doesn't have to take place in sheds. I think it's just easier to convert uh, this empty block of land into a series of different sheds. <laughs> <laughs> I also suppose that this show is not for us. I, 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 we were talking before, there's, you know, we have Chick Lit for, for, for books and we have Chick Flicks for films. And I really think this is a show aimed at women, which is but, you know, great. But I couldn't come up with that many more. I'm not a chick, and I quite enjoyed it. Did you? What, yeah. what, what, did, you, what did you like about it? Um, I, I think the optimism that mm-hmm. that there is her, her true love out there and, and that she'll find him. You know, though, I'm, cause I suppose the thing, if she does find him, the show ends, though, doesn't she? Like, you know, she can only ever find well, him in an episode divisible by 13. No, no, because it's a bit like Prison Break. Well, she has to. She has to. Yeah, it's a bit like Prison Break, and it'll jump the shark at the end of the series. <laughs> but uh, the, I think what you're getting at, because we have we have shows like Lipstick Jungle, and we have shows like Desperate Housewives, uh, and uh, and Sex in the City, and Cashmere Mafia. Ghost Whisperer, I think, fits in as well. The shows that are, but, they're actually aimed at women. It's really interesting to see because often the men in these shows become slightly more. Um, 
decorative. You know, but the, what is it about Ghost Whisperer that's aimed at women? Oh, Ghost Whisperer, because having watched a bit of it when I'm sick, I don't know why that goes together, but I was quite fascinated in Ghost Whisperer that her husband serves absolutely no purpose except to turn up, take his clothes off, have sex with her or give back rubs, make her cups of tea, and... No, no, but and, he's, he's a paramedic. He gives her a head up, heads up on... Yeah, yeah, when, but again, when but it's all planes her, go like, down in the but, fields. But when, and, when she leaves the room, he ceases to exist. He has no purpose beyond defining her character. And just once, I wanted to say, can we talk about my problems for a change, you schizophrenic bitch? Well, I just wanted to see him say that once in one episode. <laughs> you know, it's like... Actually, that's Ghost Whisperer. Watch it assuming she's schizophrenic and there are no ghosts. It's a really interesting experience. <laughs> oh, that's... Now, I would watch that it's show. A really, it's a really interesting way to watch it because it actually works still. You know, it's just... <laughs> no, it's just Jim's just completely understanding, and that's what makes him a perfect man. But that's um, what I mean. But, that, but, that, but, it, but it's kind of still a female dream in the my, same way that fifties TV shows used to have the you know, the terrible kind of housewife who would just make dinner spontaneously. And, <laughs> and spoiler alert: uh, don't listen for twenty seconds if you don't want to know. Um, apparently, he's going in the next series. Oh, in Ghost Whisperer. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, no one cares about that. But the uh, should, the, I have, should I have to get all those foot spas? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Footspars and a dog. He's replaced. I mean, that's it. That's all he ever did. The, the, the point I was I was going to make though is this show is different to to those shows that I mentioned in that it actually has a a good heart to it. It it's it means well. There's no nothing really vindictive about it. No one's being mean about anybody else. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. a it's a very nice, pleasant show. Whereas, well, the guys turn out to be tools still. No, uh, well, not, yes. not necessarily though. Often it's just the it, it's just the wrong relationships. And the one about the, the 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 mountain biking dude, which I see from the notes, he was actually called climb every climb mountain every biker. Mountain biker. <laughs> yes, I had no idea that was what the episode was called. Um, yeah, yeah, it's more just that they're incompatible rather than you know, yes. pretty and, and and in fact, he'd completely flipped from uh, how he was when they were together, mm. where he wouldn't get off the couch. Yeah, and turn his yeah. And so I think it's uh, I think it's it's interesting. I think uh, you know, give it a couple more drafts, and uh, it would be a good. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, a good show. But it's it's fun and enjoyable, and uh, summer's coming up. And if you just want something to while away the uh, the days when you're trying to escape the sunshine, it is a good summary show. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Just uh, just sit back and enjoy that. That's the X list. You can uh, catch it at the moment on Channel BitTorrent. Yeah. Hi. Good day. I'm <laughs> Katrina Mathers, and I'm on the Box Cutters. How cool is that? Still very cool, Katrina. This is uh, before school and after school. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's working. Can we uh, can we get the theme tune, please, oh, the, Brett Cropley? Yeah, yeah, I want the uh, I want the theme tune because because this is the oh, thing about the, the tomorrow theme tune. people. What? Oh no, it's, so it's <laughs> it's not the theme tune to the segment. No, this is the this theme, the theme tune, tune to the tune. tomorrow people. All right. Yes. It's, are you going to hit play? You ready to go? I'm ready to go. I, 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 was, I was ready to go and then you started talking. I was Seamless. ready 30 seconds ago when I said, can you play the theme tune? Theme tune. It is a fantastic, and the thing is, this is this is a show for kids. It, it is it is a show about young adults who have special powers, and it is for kids. But the opening credits were some of the most frightening things I ever saw as a child. It's, yeah. uh, it's they are fantastic opening credits. They're really good. I've it's, never seen the show. I'm so. gonna I, I'm gonna put them up on the on the blog uh, from YouTube because. The, the opening credits are so 
so well put together. It's a series of black and white, fairly abstract images that just uh, rush towards the camera constantly. And intercut with the title of the, of the show. Intercut with the title oh. of the show and uh, and pictures of the main characters of the show. Now, the main characters of the show are three uh, young people who all have powers of telekinesis, uh, teletransportation, which they call jaunting, uh, and uh, and telepathy. So the three tellies. So the premise, the premise is that um, we're coming to a new dawn. You know, there's a slight Age of Aquarius kind of vibe going on. It's early 70s. The idea is that the kids have these special powers because they're the next generation of yes. humans. They are the, the, the homo superior. And they are going to, um, you know, going to, to, to break out. And the weird thing about the show it's, is... It's, got a, it's, got, it's a bit of John Wyndham. It's got a bit this, of John Wyndham yeah, about it. Yeah, it's funny too. The show has this huge gay metaphor in it. Noise had a large gay following. And um, when interviewed about it much years later... Not intended at all. No intention for this whole homo superior breaking out, coming out kind of metaphor. It right. was just entirely coincidental that it kind of sort of ticked all these boxes of people. Because they do spend a lot of time trying to uh, protect the, the secret of their special powers. Yeah, they can't come out as being tomorrow people because yes. they'll be they'll be uh, society will will judge them and and all this sort of stuff and and yes. and, they ha- and they have a big computer. Yeah, which, that, which just continues the gay metaphor. Well, they, they have an underground nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they have a big computer named Simon and uh, nice and Tim. S- oh, Tim. His name Tim. Tim. Yeah. I've, my whole life, I thought it was Simon. No, I'm sorry. It was Tim in season one. John, Stephen, Carol, Kenny, voice of Tim, and Ginge. <laughs> right. <laughs> not sure what Ginge did. Ginge <laughs> listed after uh, the computer. So not, not the yeah. uh, so so Tim the uh, the the uh, the computer. Actually, also works as an amplifier for their for their powers. So they have these belts that they wear that are connected wirelessly. Oh yeah, it's Bluetooth or something <laughs> uh, to to Tim and w- work as an amplifier. So they can press on these belts when they jaunt, which is transporting from one place to another, so that they can actually travel further distances. Uh, my whole life. After seeing Tomorrow People, I just I wanted to jaunt. So one still, about, still, if I could have a, a superpower, it would be jaunting. It's one of those things about shows that that really work with kids. Often have those elements they can copy. And I think with with Tomorrow People, uh, there were I think there were yellow belt buckles. Yes. So you could put on a yellow belt buckle and go jaunting around the you know, <laughs> around the house. I think gives gives the kids something they can they can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And it had uh, it, it had some really interesting storylines. I mean, it was it was the first time I heard the, uh, the the theory of don't mess with time travel. If you go back in time, <laughs> don't touch anything because yeah, yeah. uh, they jaunted back in time for uh, no good reason in uh, in uh, one storyline. Uh, According to this, they met Hitler once. Yes, yes, they uh, which they, is always good. They had tea with Hitler, uh, played by Michael Sheard. The oh, uh, my favourite storyline, though, and these were uh, two or three episode stories as well, so th- they demanded some kind of concentration, was a, a story called The Blue and the Green, where uh, I think it's the second story in the in the whole Tomorrow People thing. The kids... It's not the second story? It's, no. a, it's the first story of season two. Oh, first story of season two. There's, there's a plot description there. Oh, Should you thank you. Want to uh, look at the kids go to school and people at school are giving away badges and they're either blue badges or green badges. And badger, people kind badger, of... Badger, 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 badger. Shut the hell up. <laughs> 
and they kind of either uh, they they choose these badges on a whim. But what happens is they end up uh, drawing lines. It becomes this whole metaphor for race relations, where people with blue badges hate the people with green badges, and and vice versa. And uh, and it's about the the divisiveness of differences. And uh, that you know, it's it's really compelling and uh, and really hits you hard. So you were obviously a you were a fan of this, weren't you? As a yeah, kid, you were obviously a huge fan of the, of Tomorrow People. Where, where did you watch it? What channel was it on? When uh, you were... Channel Seven, uh, early in the morning. So it's interesting because um, I grew up in in country WA, which means we only had the ABC and. Uh, one and, commercial and channel sticks. and some sticks. So yeah, well, the Golden West Network, which is mostly a nine feed, and the ABC, and that's why country people know so much about opera simulcasts because <laughs> that's what we'd gather around and watch of an evening. Um, but it meant that there was a whole bunch of stuff I didn't see until years. He's like, like Thunderbirds, I didn't see. Um, Tomorrow People I saw about two years ago for the first time ever. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah, you've always got the, the childhood love of it. I came in quite late, and so watching it now. It's a load of crap. It's <laughs> I, I really, can imagine. It's really bad. But the funny thing, there are lots of furry jackets. It's it's not necessarily like the effects and the and the, and the, the uh, you know the props and all that stuff. I mean, that's all uh, the, the sets are obviously yeah, it's cheap. But what's actually it's the child acting is particularly <laughs> annoying. The children are so awful, and I've only watched the first series. But there's one child who possibly Ginge, um, kind of almost gets written out of the, the show. Like he's obviously so bad. That by like the fourth or fifth episode, they're going, You stay here and mind the lab, Ginge. We're going off to do stuff. And like this one character basically doesn't do anything for the rest of the series and disappears after that, like never comes back. That's hilarious. The, uh, th- they did make a, uh, a remake of Tomorrow People, it was a short lived series. See, uh, the- I remember it was short lived. Three years, though, it had three seasons. Did it? it How- di- not here, it didn't. No, well, but from 1992 to 95. Um, it did, yeah, it didn't last in Australia. Yeah, all the leads were called Christian, which must be quite confusing <laughs> for, for on, on set. You know, Christian, turn to your left. No, you're on the left. No, other Christian. <laughs> um, but but one of them was a, was a Home and Away or a Neighbours uh, alumni, possibly, because, I think. Because it was also uh, not just English kids, but it was... There was an Amer- people yeah, American, an Australian, and a UK one, as and, a that, me- and that kind of ruined it. As this this whole bringing the world together thing just kind of ruined it. It didn't seem to have as unifying a theme. As, it also uh, went as for the a completely series. different kind of premise, really, and it didn't have the jaunting with the buckles. And one of the characters or, was known me- called Megabyte, which was the sort of thing they did back in the early nineties, thinking yeah. it was cool. And uh, and the uh, and also didn't have nearly as good opening credits. And uh, it's the opening credits that really cement this really show. Is, for me. There's so many of those kids shows that it's the opening credits are so strong in your mind. Like we talked about a few weeks back, things like Heart to Heart. You remember these shows or Charlie's Angels? You remember them being so exciting? If you watch them now, nothing actually happens. It's all people just chatting in rooms, and you remember because you have the opening credits of the distilled essence of the show. So every you know helicopter chase and hovercraft fight, you know they're all, they're all there kind of in the opening credits. Whereas the, the show itself had it's, one stunt per, per 45 minutes. I, rem- I remember seeing the Linda Carter uh, Wonder Woman series recently and going, oh, it was not this bad when I was a kid. I tried to watch The Bionic Woman recently and was surprised that not only is it really boring, it's also really sexist. It's incredibly sexist because all she's ever allowed to do is teach kids and do cleaning. There's all these shots of her doing bionic cleaning. <laughs> oh, really? And you're going, wow, you have all this power, you can sweep faster. <laughs> it's just the most awful thing. That that's where they thought, you know, yeah, biotic woman, she'd be able to cook faster. You know, it's it's just <laughs> terrible. But I, I was going to say the other thing with um with uh, I watched the this one series I have watched of um, Tomorrow People. I watched the commentary track 
on the DVDs. Ah. DVDs have excellent, excellent commentary tracks. And um, the people on them, very camp actors in the, in the English tradition. And um, they keep complaining they didn't have the budget of Doctor Who, which is just quite hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't afford cellophane and stream. Yeah, in a really bitter way. Oh, well, if we had the money of Doctor Who... <laughs> Well, I have to say, as, you know, as, as a kid at the time, it didn't make a difference, budget or no budget. No, it, was, and, it was great. And if the, acting was, you know, if the acting stood up, I think it'd be fine. It's interesting reading these plot descriptions. You read them and go, actually, that sounds pretty good. You know, and then you go, oh, yeah, but then they would have filmed it. <laughs> yeah. It would have gone wrong. Yeah, it's, if they'd kept it as a, uh, as a radio play. Yeah. Would apart it, would apart been... from The Heart of Sogoth, in which Mike's band gets a new manager who happens to be the leader of a cult that worships Sogoth, an evil god. That would have been crap, whatever way you did to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, uh, that that makes sense. Anyway, that's The Tomorrow People. You can get it on DVD, obviously. Mm. Is it in your libraries or just... Uh, you got it from your, from your library, didn't you? Um, I got it from a shelf in my that's, house, that, actually. Sound, that, sounded, that sounded rude and it wasn't even meant to be. Did you get it from your library? Did you library? get it from your library? Yeah, I love the library. Uh, so you can uh, get it from John's house. <laughs> Excellent. Larry Postman. I have a letter from you. Did you read it? Just quickly, we did get some SMSs sent to box cutters. Uh, you can text us on zero four five eight two double eight eight three seven. I did it the way you wanted it. It just still sounds wrong. It just sounds wrong. What is with you numbers? Why can't you say numbers? Zero four five eight two double eight eight three seven. That's better. That's better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Zero four five eight two double eight eight three seven. That's the box cutters number. SMS us. Uh, we. Uh, What's we, it spell? Zero four five eight butt doctor. What's it spell? Zero four five eight cutter. What's it spell? Zero five zero four five eight. I told you could do yeah. Yeah, don't type that one. You'll get Cthulhu rising up from the, from the, from the deep. <laughs> and if you're going to send us a, an SMS on the special <laughs> Dr. Butt line, then uh, please include your name yeah. because we have no idea. Remember to include a stamped self-addressed envelope <laughs> when texting yes, us because we don't know who you are. Back of uh, the postcard. Uh, now, the, uh, the first one was from Kerry. She did that. She, uh, she wrote her yes. name and went... Uh, I don't have anything to say. I just wanted to say hi and see what would happen. Well, what happened, Kerry, was uh, you sent a text and we received a text. When you type into your phone and press send, then uh, little men take a message from your phone to us and uh, and we get it and we can and read we it. Josh, and we say, hi, Kerry. Hi, Kerry. Hi, Kerry. But Josh, I didn't check up on it. Is, is that... Uh, uh, Long time listener, Kerry. Long time listener, Kerry. It's spelled yeah. the same way. I'm assuming so. So, so I don't recognise her phone number, and all she's written is Kerry. I, I suspect that <laughs> I, I don't should know have the read phone that out. Oh, because yeah, when uh, she was sending anything in, I would read it out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We'll, Sorry, we'll it now. Sorry, Kerry. Yeah, well, well, let's assume that it's not then Brett. So we haven't broken okay. with tradition. It's another Kerry. We everyone's got a Kerry. That's great. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we got, a, another one as well, uh, which was just, just, uh, Josh, have you seen, now this is the thing about having SMSs. Mm. It's Josh, uh, that's spelled correctly. Have is H-A-V. U is the letter U. Mm, print style. Capital or lowercase? Lowercase. Print. So have you seen the T-H-A <laughs> lost season five trailer yet? It rocks. I haven't seen the season five trailer yet. And, Who's that from? Uh, that's, or, uh, so that's from It Rocks. Uh, it Rocks? That's from It Rocks. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. 
It's signed, It Rocks. <laughs> uh, which is Kid Rocks with are the we brother. Just, are we just annoying our listeners one listener at a time now? I think so. <laughs> is that what we're doing? We're going to pinpoint them out. I we're ring them up. I haven't seen the, the, the season five trailer for, for Lost as yet, and I won't see it. Because to me, and this, is, this gets to, uh, to, to the point that we've been discussing over several weeks... John, it's a, it's a discussion in serial form. <laughs> to me, a trailer is a spoiler. See, that's just crazy talk. That is insane crazy talk. Well, especially the way that Channel 7 do them. Well, yeah, where they go, and he dies at the end! <laughs> so, yes, that would obviously be wrong. But you've got to assume that the audience has to be told what it is in order to, to, to but, see it. But personally, when it's something that, uh, that I hold dear to my heart, like Lost... Where and you're uh, just waiting for that to come up, that each of I those just, little scenes. I just want to experience it as it happens. I don't want to see uh, any little bits that they might have from the show. Uh, I'll play the games. I'll play the games online. But that's what that, I mean. To what, to what level crazy are you willing to go, though? Because you're one of those people who's going to try not see any reference to Lost ever. You know, online. Because you know, these things show up. Like, you have to stop reading every... Oh, it's just about the trailers. And you have to press the play button. Yeah. But I'm saying, what, what if someone's discussing something from the trailer online? Or, or someone makes a reference in passing online? I actually uh, I actually kind of scan things as... <laughs> I do. I scan things as, as I'm reading them and uh, and scan for for, uh, for spoilers. Right. That's that's what I do. So okay. so now I haven't seen the uh, the season five trailer yet, but I, I I'm very willing to believe that it rocks. When is so, it back with us? Uh, it should be February two thousand and nine. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Uh, and we we oh. got we got another text uh, that but I don't quickly, have in my notes. Of loss, uh, Charlie is going to turn up on Chuck, playing a rock star. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. He's a hobbit. He's a <laughs> hobbit who plays guitar. <laughs> It's amazing. He was in Drive Shaft. They were awesome. I yeah. saw them live in concert. They had that song, uh, You All Everybody. <laughs> Hell yeah. You All Everybody. Uh, the, uh, we got another text uh, that I don't have here, but essentially it was, why aren't there any pictures of you on the website? It's because we're all horribly unattractive. Mm, mm, that, was, that, was kind of, that was where I was going to go with that as well. I yeah. think I'm, I'm openly searchable and findable. <laughs> I thought you were say you're attractive, but then you were thought, I'm openly searchable. I wasn't quite sure what that I, meant. I, I'm not the one with, with any problems about having what's my the, uh, face online. What's your, uh, what's your username on Adult Matchmaker so people can find you, Brett? <laughs> Actually don't have one. Right. No. Right. And uh, you wouldn't be able to recognize me from that photo. Anyway, but you are, you are B-Box. Dangle anyway. You are B-Box on Twitter. Oh, everywhere, yeah. And I am Seal for on Twitter, and John doesn't have Twitter. Well, I've, I've got a website. You can go to HTTP, um, <laughs> outlandinstitute.wordpress.com. We haven't mentioned that for weeks. No. Outlandinstitute.wordpress.com. We had a, t- a test tasting yesterday of, uh, of lollies from Finland, which I'll be writing up quite soon. Uh, Pracy version, lollies from Finland are awful. Don't eat them. Okay. I'll taste a fish. <laughs> uh, and Salty licorice. Uh, that's letters to box cutters um, for this. Oh, you got you got something? Just going to point out, Mordwa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah, that Maud, correctly. Mordwa. Mordwa put an actually very long and intelligent and interesting comment on the blog, which don't none of us so have, have responded to. Well, no, it's more just about it was so good that I kind of went. I didn't even know where to begin. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I had the same. I had the same issue. Yeah. So, so feel free, please, everyone, to, to read Mordwa's comment and comment on Mordwa's comment because it's very good. Yes, that's uh, on the blog at boxcutters.net, and you can email us. That, that, hooray. That, that's on last week's episode, I should point out, yes. on episode 153. Uh, you can also email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. Click on the Talk To Us link on the blog, or text us on 0458 
Was that all right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, question three. Which canal... All these going to be about war. No. i got loads of... i got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? No, I think that is too much That's of a clue. Of a that is too much of a spoiler. I missed that one. What was it? It was. I no, give a genre, but you know. Okay, here's the thing, people. Nobody got the uh, a, a correct entry, a correct eligible entry into. <laughs> there, there was a correct entry. There was a correct but, entry, but Josh but it was threw from it back because it, it wasn't it was, big enough. And, and, and on, on Josh's behalf, uh, we should apologise for his curtain. We do. I yeah, think. we want to say that we're so sorry for things Josh said to you. Just ignore him. He's just got issues. <laughs> well, no, don't ignore me completely because ignore you can't, him. A, okay, ignore him a bit. You can't win the it's quiz. Not possible to you can't win the quiz twice, twice in two weeks. You yes. can't do that. But you did get it right, and well done, you. Yeah, you know. well done. Yeah, yeah. Good on you. So, yes, we had one correct entry, but not one that was allowed to win the competition. It was a Name That Tune, as I said last week. You can't Google Name That Tunes, as we well and truly proved this week. Yes. So, uh, in, uh, in giving a clue, the show has been mentioned a number of times in the last, what shall we say, four weeks? It was definitely mentioned in the Scott Brennan episode. Definitely mentioned in the shall Scott Brennan episode. Give him another taste? Yeah, please. I yep. did find it here. So, this is what it sounded like. That's the hi-fi version. Yeah, no, it's strangely distorted. That's better. It's quite nice. Right, the fact it's epic and you can dance to it. Yeah. Oh, brow section. Ah, oh, that's great. So yeah, this I'd mix into the hustle. Yeah, you could. You could probably do the bus stop to that as well. I think that's enough. Yeah. I think that's enough. It continues much in that name, manner. Name that tune, yeah. Last, last week's until fade. Yeah, last week's clue also was it's from the 70s. Yeah, just Duh. in case you didn't pick that up from the disco stylings. So it's, it's from the 70s and it was mentioned uh, definitely in the Scott Brennan episode uh, and has been mentioned a, a few times in the uh, in the last few weeks. Email us your answer to that to hooray at boxcutters.net or uh, send us a, a message via the blog on uh, clicking to the talk to us link. Yep. That's it. Answer the question. Win a prize. It's a crumpler prize. Hooray. It's, uh, I think it was... Uh, cardboard chicken drumstick. It was a cardboard chicken drumstick. It was, one. A, it was a good one. Digit. Digit. You can... It was a blue digit, I seem to recall, but I could be wrong. Blue and orange, I think. Yeah. It, it's, it's a digit, and if, if you win it, then you will be... A recipient of a digit, and thus from Crumper <laughs> will have digital reception. Yay! There we hey, go. Um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. And that brings us to the oh, end pork. of Box... No, Brett! No, this no, is an end. hour and a half. Just make it stop. Uh, I've just got to hit this, because just in case it's true, uh, apparently Channel 9 are close to signing uh, Peter Hellyer to uh, be be on the payroll over there. Uh, this was, this was uh, allegedly um, part of a radio station announcement that uh, they'd just re-signed Sam Newman for four years for half a million dollars. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 154. I want to say thanks very much to Crumpler 
who are our giveaway sponsors. They give us stuff to give to you. You can find them on the web at crumpler.com.au. And uh, they make bags. They make excellent bags that you can put laptops in and chicken drumsticks and six packs of beer. Crumpler.com.au. Joe, six packs of beer? Uh, sure, why not? The uh, I also want to say thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. You can find them on the web at rrr.org.au. Thanks also to our very special guest, Adam Zwar, uh, who came in and talked to us all about uh, Wilfred and the machinations of getting your own television show up and running. He's great, but even him, for me, couldn't save Bogan Pride. Yeah. It's no good. Uh, you like how, how I snuck yeah. that little no, bit of good. pork in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Subtle. consider that an interruption. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, if you want to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net or uh, text us on 0458-CUTTER. <sighs> I think that's everything. Oh, no, wait. If uh, you enjoyed this show, despite its length, please go onto uh, the blog mm-hmm. and click... Especially for its length, mate. Click on the, uh, cl- click on the link for the... What, what's it called? Survey. survey. Thank you. It's too long. Click on the link for the survey. Uh, take a, a few minutes to fill out our survey because uh, your responses are helping make our show better, if not shorter. Mm. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Joe Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Mm-hmm.